to the Decentralized Consciousness podcast. So today I have Aria with me here. Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I feel blessed to be here. So I've been following your Twitter account for some months, and I've been liking many of the messages, the tweets that you've been sending out. So I'm really excited that you want to take the time to come on here. But uh, before we dive into what you've been tweeting about, could you tell us about your background and how you ended up where you are? You want right from the beginning? Whatever you it's, feel uh, comfortable sharing. Okay. It's quite a tale. Um, I wasn't born into this body. I'm actually a walk-in. And it started before the actual birth soul entered the body. And we made an agreement that she had a lot of karma that she had to deal with to finish up in this lifetime. So I agreed to be her spirit guide, her guardian angel, and assist her as she went through the karma, all the experiences, the abuse, that kind of thing. And I was in and out of the body, comforting her and allowing her to just experience what she needed to experience. And then when her karma was over, and she was 13 at the time, I knew that it was time for me to come in on a permanent basis. And so that's what I did when she was 13. And I stayed with her. Um, we coexisted in the body. Our souls blended so that we really didn't know where one started and the other one finished. It almost felt like we were twins. We knew what each other was thinking, feeling, experiencing. And she had been through so much. She had, at the, at the age of 11, she had wanted to commit suicide and I prevented that. And then immediately her spiritual team made a plea to um, a higher counsel that she receive assistance so that she could get past the desire to end her life. So they brought in um, a contingency from Venus that surrounded her and infused her with so much love that it brought her back from that, ju just from the depths of despair and depression. And we continued just to heal her. And she only left me um, less than a year ago. And I missed her terribly. I, I felt like I had lost a part of me. I went through a grieving process. Um, she's still around. We still, we still communicate. But it was, um, I felt blessed to have served in that way. And I learned so much from her, from what she went through. And it really brought back 
um, how just so so dense and tragic so many lives on this planet are. And it just really hit home the compassion I needed to have in order to do my work. Um, because once she left, then my mission came on board. So that's where I am right now. Yes, very fascinating. And could you help us clarify, could you give us names of these different parts of you? So Paula was the birth soul that came in. Paula. And yes, and Arya is uh, myself, the walk-in. Yeah. And sometimes you uh, you write tweets as another person, Satyana. Um, Satyana. It's actually I learned her name through light language because she's she's a ninth dimensional uh, lyran who is an aspect an aspect of me, or I'm an aspect of her. I don't really know the difference, to be honest. Um, but I, I'm just uh, basically an empty vessel. And I have all different um, energies coming through me, whoever needs to express what needs to be expressed. So I may have a Twitter post that I do, and then I'll come across it a few months later, and I won't remember that I I created that post because... It wasn't me that that brought forth that post. It was another energy. So it's quite interesting when I go back and think, wow, that's a really great post. That was that was so divinely inspired and and um, someone needed to hear that. I see, I see. Are they all aspects of you that have access to your body, or is it also foreign souls that have access to your body is it any do you have like a boundary around aria and just the aspects of you are able to flow in or is it open door for anyone to come definitely not anyone but i am part of the melchizedek family so any any of them can come through my spiritual counsel doesn't often speak through me. Um, but I, I would say definitely, and galactic, galactic family members, um, particularly Pleiadian and uh, Lyran come through. Uh -huh. So you have like a filter of certain frequencies, resonances that are sort of approved to enter your body while others are not able to do it, you could say. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, could you talk about Malchimedes' family and your connection with them and maybe some earthly history also for our listeners that maybe hear about this for the first time? Mm -hmm. um, I Honestly, I haven't dived into that too much. I've seen myself as part of um, ceremonies there. I 
know that it's it I found out after my father passed in this lifetime that he actually walked in at when I walked in at thir- at when Paula was 13. So we walked in at the same time and I didn't realize later that that was an aspect of Melchizedek that walked in with me. So I call him Father M. So apparently I am his daughter and in the spiritual daughter or higher realm daughter. I don't know how you would like to express it, but I I am family with him. I see. I see. I was uh, studying uh, his teachings maybe 20 years ago now. The most vivid memory I have from that time was when I created a physical arkaba in my living room and hanged it in the roof. And I would stand and meditate inside. It's made of woods, uh, made of sticks that I found in the forest. Uh, and it helped me visualize the the arkaba around me. Mm-hmm. But then he died. Yeah, he passed away. Yes, um, yes, he did. I went to take care of him until he passed, and I, I definitely feel I wasn't meant to know who he was while he was alive, because as soon as he passed, I all the information about who he was to me came through. It, it was quite a shock, I can tell you. Um, but obviously, I wasn't meant to know until he passed. Uh, this brings up a lot in me. It's like a strain on me that uh, haven't been activated for some time. My body starts shaking a little bit. But uh, Maybe you could tell us your perspective on the connection between souls. So you mentioned father, daughter on soul mm-hmm. level. Could you dive into that a little bit? I don't know if it's something that can be put into words. Uh, definitely a resonance. Um, it's not as if there are bloodlines in the higher realms. So it's definitely a resonance, a a connection, almost, um, I see it as a a thread of light that connects certain souls to another on a deeper level. But, But it's really quite challenging to put into words. And it's a knowing, it's a knowing where you belong and what souls you belong to soul family could you maybe say that souls can come together and combine parts of their essence to create a new soul that feels to me the way new souls are created in the higher realms and they're they're born simply and completely out of just the essence of love. They're, the consciousness through the essence of love births them. 
that brings to mind, I had a QHHT session once and I went back so far in my history as a soul to discover that I was Elohi and I was birthing these planets and galaxies and it really was no different. Source would give us the blueprint and then through our combined consciousness and essence and, and love, we would birth, birth these beautiful planets into being. And that's one of the reasons I'm back on Earth now is everything that I've created with this group consciousness that created the planets and the galaxies, we see them as our children. So I wanted to come back and ensure that this planet, that Gaia, would actually ascend and ascend with the greatest ease that she could possibly ascend to and take all of this with her. I see her as my child. Yes. From my uh, path, I'm still trying to figure out my purpose and what I'm doing here. But my path so far has led me to what I call this decentralized consciousness the name of the podcast decentralized consciousness podcast and because i i encountered many centralized systems on my journey that i had uh, bad experiences with like pyramid systems where it's always someone on top and always someone on the bottom and after many attempts to be accepted and be loved in such systems, I, I felt that I became an outcast over and over and over again, outcast. And then I started teaming up with other outcasts. And to not create the same type of system again, but then I found this concept of decentralization where we are trying to learn how to not be over and under each other constantly. Is this something you can relate to? And do you think that this is a concept that could help uh, Gaia, the earth in this process that you want to help with? It feels that if, as we come into our own knowing of who we are on a soul level, and that is happening now just with the infusion of energies on the planet, that we will not see ourselves as separate from anyone. And I know many right now, they feel, as you say, like outcasts. They don't fit in anywhere. And my response to that would be, well, thank goodness for that because you are the leaders. You don't want to fit in. You, you need to stand up. 
need to stand out and you need to, to lead all the others out of the fog. So as, as we all come into our own and we accept ourselves as we are and source doesn't see us as better, worse, is never indifferent to any of us, is supporting us no matter what our journey is. We just need to embrace that and that will decentralize everything. That brings everything together into the whole and not only assists humanity, humanity to ascend, but the planet to ascend. It's a, a beautiful, beautiful relationship we have with this planet if we allow it. And we really need to get past the judgment of others, even those we see as perhaps our enemy, those that have caused us harm, those that we feel separated from. We're not separate at all. We've been in their shoes at some point. So let it go. Forgive. And just embrace it as all of creation. And live through that. Everything would be resolved in moments if we did that. And many of us are going through an ego death. And I would say, well, it's about time, don't you think? That we put our egos aside and we live from the heart. Speak from the heart. And ego has gotten us into this mess we are now. So it, it's time. Don't have to abandon it. But when it steps in, you put it in its place. You say, no, that's not what I believe. I live from the heart. That would change everything. Yes. You, you speak of a, a bigger oneness than, than I have been able to experience before because... I know on a conceptual level that we are one, but um, to be able to feel it in every cell of my body is a different story. But what you said there um, really resonates with me and and it makes me let go of the past hurt that I got from those uh, centralized institutions and uh, groups that uh, some parts in me still blame them for being an outcast. They played their part perfectly, didn't they? And they taught us the lessons that we needed at the time. Now that the lessons are learned and the wisdom is gained, we can let those go. So you are a good example of a decentralized consciousness 
when you say that you have many different consciousness using the same body. And do you also see your bodily functions as decentralized in the way that you take actions? So when you take actions in your day-to-day, uh, I've been working with these, I call it authentic action versus action out of fear. So when I've been going through many of my fear patterns and letting go, understanding them, and then it feels like authentic action is coming in more and more, where it's more in the flow. And when I take allow myself to take more and more of these authentic actions, it leads to more synchronicities and surprises, you can say. Is this how you experience it also? I do. I noticed it especially uh, once Paula left the body and it was just me. I don't do anything unless I check in with my higher selves and those that are supporting me. Uh, Through this mess of the last few years, I... I haven't gone into fear. I I just saw it for what it was, just part of the illusion, but a necessary part of the illusion in order for the consciousness that is humanity to grow beyond its conditioning and its own its own constructed borders. So although there there have been times when I might have gone into doubt for a moment or two. I just stepped back and said, okay, show me the truth of the situation. And every time I realized, okay, it's an illusion. It appears to be happening because we've called this into our sphere of reality to experience, to learn something. But in essence, it's it's perfectly divine, and it's being orchestrated perfectly for our highest good in every situation. It's not as if I've had the perfect easy life, not by any stretch, I haven't. I've still gone through the human aspects of life that everyone experiences. I think for me, though, the best aspect of being a walk-in was never truly losing that connection to where I came from. So that I always was able to get that guidance and and that inspiration that I needed throughout my journey. Yeah, because that is what uh, many people lose. Yeah. Forget, mm-hmm. cover up. How uh, have uh, money consciousness been appearing for you over the years as a energy, as a frequency, or maybe a multifaceted frequency? that we tend to 
we tend to complicate the relationship with money and project our fears around money that we got from our parents. But as we let go of more and more fears, uh, the money frequency, you could almost see it as a, as a being, maybe. And mm -hmm. when we become friends with that being, we stop struggling so much and we understand that we can actually allow to trust the flow to build a relationship with money. Can you expand on that or how it feels for you? So while Paula was still in the body, she needed to experience lack in many forms, uh, lack of love, uh, lack of respect. Because of her karma? Yes. Um, feeling a lack of safety, um, survival fears. And what it all boiled down to was her lack of connection with the creator. So there was a period of about 11 years where she, well, we, we were co-parenting three daughters and for 11 years, she was on, we were on our own, two of us, uh, a single, single mother and living paycheck to paycheck. And it always amazed Paula that just when she'd get to the last dollar, more would come through. It wasn't that the floodgates opened, but okay, you need this amount to pay rent. Here it is. So it helped her build trust and reconnect to the creator. And I have found since she has left me that the abundance and the flow is there. So it, it really does have a lot to do with how connected you allow yourself to be to the creator, the one that is the abundance of all things. And if you feel, especially if you feel unworthy in any way, you're going to cut off your supply of anything, supply of money, supply of love. Anything you need will be given to you if you have that connection, if you're in that flow and you accept it as being worthy to receive it. So that relationship with money, in a sense, I see money having a consciousness, but it is the consciousness we give it. Do we want to give it a consciousness of negativity that it's something I don't have, that I lack, that I need it, but I don't have it, that I, I'm not safe, that I'm not worthy to receive it? Or do we want to look at it as a consciousness of abundance? This is something that I deserve. I don't even necessarily have to work for it. It is my birthright. It is my divine birthright that I am abundant, that I have everything I need whenever I need it. I don't have to be rich. I just have to be happy in my life and have all of the things I need to be comfortable so that I am not in lack and being separated from that consciousness that is our creator. 
Yeah. So I have uh, tried to improve my relationship with the uh, demonic consciousness. Or maybe as you say, maybe it's not like an objective consciousness so per se, but it's more like a, an aspect of myself that I create with my projections. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has led me to that recently do everything that I do on a value for value standard. So I stopped having fixed prices because I, I felt that this didn't reflect the consciousness that I was stepping into. Because mm -hmm. if it's really like a frequency that should be flowing, then me setting prices and saying, you can afford it, but you cannot, then I'm restricting the flow. So I, I just opened up because if it's really like this, that I create my own reality and I attract the frequencies I need to learn whatever I need to learn, then this means that if someone takes advantage of me through this system, that's something I need to learn. And that's the risk I'm willing to take. I can't live my life protecting myself against risks. So I took this step and uh, I'm, I'm now slowly walking this path of uh, being um, provided for by the creation, so to speak. Do you think that this is mm -hmm. where we are heading? Or am I going a step backwards or something like that? Mm -mm, that's a beautiful step forward. I do something very similar with the work I do. Um, I do BQH, uh, quantum healing. And I do it on a donation basis. Because I realize that many of the people that really use what I provide, part of the reason they need what I provide is because they're going through lack. So what I have said is I want to live the very minimum in a fifth dimensional paradigm which is a more free-flowing aspect of consciousness, energy, creation. So whatever I, I always say we'll do the session after the session, you decide what value that session had for you. And it's worked out beautifully. It really has. Um, and people ask me, well, how can you do that? Because what if somebody pays you too little? And I say, well, what is too little? And I say, and if I set a, a set price, for what I, what I offer, am I not limiting the abundance that can come to me by saying, you can only give me this much? So it, it, it literally tells the, the universe, I'm open to receiving, I'm deserving, but I'm also doing this from a loving place. And another important aspect of this is when you work with other people, First, you set your intention. You say, this is the type of, type of person that I want to work with. 
And, and for instance, I would say, um, anyone can come to me as long as they are serious about their spiritual path and they truly are doing this with integrity, that they're, they have an open mind, an open heart, or at least the intention of that. And, and just that they have, they have an overall integrity in, in their spirituality. And they're, they're just eager, eager to learn who they are. Their soul is ready. You know, that their soul is ready to take this journey because it can be life changing. And I found once I set an intention and this intention can be revised as often as you feel you need to, but you're, you're setting boundaries. Yes. But you're honoring yourself as well and honoring the people that come to you by saying, I value those qualities in you and we can work together to, to really help you become all that you want to be. Sounds good. It feels like the way forward. I think I still have some fears around this, but even though it felt right for me to to do it. And now I'm not sure if completely how it will work out. It was good to hear. That, uh... it's a, trust is a tricky thing. And there's so much that we have to put our trust in right now. And mainly our trust in ourselves, our trust in our spiritual teams to help us, to support us. And, and your spiritual team will. If you just reach out to them and say, this is, this is what I want. This is how I want to do it. Um, bring me the people. Bring, bring me the people to work, work with. And, and I offer myself in service. What happened? In one of your posts on Twitter, you said that we should prepare for the times ahead uh, that it will be a challenging time even more challenging maybe than we've mm -hmm. so far have experienced could you expand on on that what you see will will, will come next uh, i've been i've been showing um and this was quite some time ago that there will be a lot of suicides a lot of suicides because people are going to realize just how deeply they've been misled. Uh, their reality will crumble around them. And I think we're starting to see that now, but it, it will become literally people will just, they won't be able to cope and they will simply leave through taking their own life. Um, we've already got people leaving through side effects from, you know, this so-called, uh, I'll just call it a shot. All of our institutions that we know will crumble as well. So, again, trust, trust that all is well. It really is well. Um I was told a year and a half ago 
you have to, you're going to have to learn to embrace the unknown, embrace constant change, and know that nothing, nothing at all is as it seems to be. So intuitively, I, I sense that although it appears that there's so much darkness right now in the world, so much chaos and confusion, it's literally from the fallout of things that have already occurred. Uh, people that have already left this reality, but they appear to still be here. And it's this big theatrical uh, performance is being played out to wake humanity up, to save those souls that are maybe on the fence. Do I want to ascend? Do I not want to ascend? Um, to challenge, to challenge them on a soul level, to rise up and and do what they came here to do. I, I do think, without going into fear, have some staples in your kitchen for at least a few weeks, a month, maybe. That's what I'm doing. Have a little bit of money set aside. I have a little bit of silver set aside just in case because there's so many unknowns right now that we we don't know how things are going to play out completely. There's still a lot of unknowns, a lot of counterplays that are happening. It's It really is a chess game. So one side does one thing and the other side has to counterbalance that with something else. So it's um, it, it really is a battle for our souls, and and we really need to to get in touch with who we are and and take back our our power, our sovereignty. Uh, we need to speak our truth in a loving way. Can't force anything on anyone, but you can plant seeds, plant seeds so they begin to question. Now open that Pandora's box for them. And hopefully they'll they'll sort of take that that seed and allow it to to grow. But above all, don't go into fear about this. Just allow the the energies to do what they need to do to clear this planet of the old energies, the limitations the darkness, and we are the strongest of the strong souls. We've, we've asked to be here, and now is not the time to give up and claim defeat. As hard as it might get, you're stronger than that. We're all stronger than that. So just stand in your power. Go within, take time every day to go within, listen for that guidance. Let your soul speak to you. And regardless of how things appear, all is well. It really is okay. We're going to be okay. But it's, it's going to be, I'm going to say it could be a year and a half to two years before things really start to we come out sort of the other side of it. It's almost as if all of humanity is going through a dark night of the soul right now. 
and you always come out the other side. Perseverance and patience and your connection to your creator, you always come out the other side. On my path, I came across a consciousness devoted to organization and I'm talking here about Bitcoin because uh, when I started to learn about it I started getting a lot of visions that it's sort of extraterrestrial no one knows who created it uh, it's just a anonymous name and this anonymous name disappeared and even though his share of Bitcoin is now enormous, he never cashed out. So it's an enormous treasure. And just the fact that he left this treasure on the blockchain for everyone to see that he was not motivated by greed. He created this from a higher consciousness. And it's it's completely decentralized, which goes together with higher consciousness concepts where everyone who supports the system has a copy around the world, so it cannot be taken by any authority. So part of my journey has been to work together with this consciousness that's has at least how I subjectively experience it. And it's sort of that I've interwoven my journey or my purpose with this intelligence. And it fits into the decentralization that we talked about. And on the surface, it can look like it's a tool for greed because how it has been introduced and how people are attracted to it but it's a growing community of higher consciousness individuals that see the divine nature of of this invention do you have any thoughts about bitcoin and its role in the future as soon as you started talking about it i kept hearing andromedan and then I saw several beings that sort of um, surrounded me. So they're telling me it's it's similar to our relationship with money. It, it's it's not that in itself it could be good or evil. It's our connection to it, our consciousness interaction with it. Um, it's intended to be an equalizer for humanity so that it's um, it's not for the rich to get richer in other in other words it's to be a uh, a divine energy and that's that's what it is it's it's an energy um, 
and a way for energy to flow to all of us, if that is the way we, the energy we choose to work with. And part of it is because they knew at some point with money as we know it becoming um, the old system and the falling away of that system, that there had to be something to replace money as we know it now. And I'm hearing it can be plugged into the QFS um, quite easily. It's very compatible with the QFS, uh, quantum, quantum financial system. Could you expand on that? I never heard about the quantum financial system. Oh, that's a really big topic. So basically it's a, um, it's a system that when our current money system falls away, it moves into support and take up where the old system left off, only it's a system of, of integrity. It, it will be so foolproof that people cannot uh, abuse it. No illegal transactions can take place. Um, it, it has a consciousness of its own. And it, it knows every single one of us through our consciousness. It's, it, it's something that everybody needs to research because it is where we're going. So with Bitcoin and some of the other um, systems, I honestly, I don't know much about anything when it comes to the, the Bitcoin or anything else. Um, it's, it's just not in my sphere of, of knowing. But, but this is just what they're telling me that it's, that Bitcoin is compatible with this quantum financial system which again was created by um, um, those that are not of this world. And it's it literally is foolproof. So there will be no, no more scamming, no more illegal transactions. Um, this will prevent things like child trafficking because the money will not exchange hands because there's a lack of integrity in the transaction. It, it isn't coming from a place that benefits humanity. So this will end so many problems with our old financial system as this moves into place. And it's, I believe it's in place pretty much all over the world now. Um, as I understand it, there are a few holdouts, but everyone's going to have to be on board or else different nations won't be able to do business. So through almost like a pure pressure, everyone's going to have to get on board with this. But it, it, it would be very good to do some um, research into this. I think it could answer some of your questions. Yeah, so what they are rolling out now is something called CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies. And this is basically a social credit system. 
So this comes from very low frequencies, right? Mm -hmm. It's control on a massive scale. So yes, the governments would know what everybody on the planet would spend their money on. And they could freeze any wallet anytime if they don't agree with a certain agenda. So if mm -hmm. some if some people are doing a protest, like in China, then they just scan the face scan and they see who is there and they can just freeze their wallets. So then they have to go home. Otherwise they will not be able to buy food, for example. So this is what the dark side, so to speak, this is what they are trying to do. But you talk about, I hope you don't talk about that. No, no, this is completely different. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the quantum financial system knows you by the consciousness you have. It knows what level your consciousness is at. And it rewards those that are love-based and denies those that are not. Hmm. What you're talking about is you know, something created by the so-called dark side on earth who wants to control us. It's part of the agenda. Um, it may show up here and there. Again, lessons to be learned, but it, it will not, it will not stand. It will fall. Okay. So I will definitely research this and look into it because it reminded me of the CBDCs when you, mm -hmm. because if it's any, because I'm allergic to centralization, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if it's anything that, that someone has control and can filter, even if it's unconsciousness, but why now you have a high enough consciousness to do this? Are you are not high enough consciousness? You can't do this. You know, it's this centralization. So, you know, then I'm become very skeptic. Is it any mm -hmm. authority of this? Or is it just like, because if with things are in higher consciousness, it's automatically, from my perspective, decentralized. Like we are doing it together as one. Mm -hmm. So I guess I, it's just difficult for me to, to imagine what, what you described. But actually, this is what you described. This is what Bitcoin is for me. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. it is this, that no one can control it, but everyone has access to it. And you yeah. can transfer very simply to anyone in the world freely like free yeah. will and that's why it's so compatible with the qfs because there is that free flow however if with the quantum financial system we can really curb those people that are into illegal activities um that's well worth it i believe that could take away a lot of suffering for a lot of people on this planet. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll, see if, I'll see if the Andromedans have anything else they'd like to say about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my nervous system went on red alert. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, they're, they're saying that the, the quantum financial system isn't fully understood yet by anyone on this planet. Um, it is for the benevolent, it is a benevolent energy. It was set up as a benevolent energy. And they're saying it's human nature to mistrust first. And, and that's not always a bad thing because we do need discernment. And they're just saying there's no malevolent intention whatsoever. Um, and it, we will see as it begins to function how it is to our benefit. You won't need a digital ID. You won't need facial recognition because your energy speaks for you. Yeah. Yeah, if we, because how I work nowadays, it's, I sort of create possibilities in the fifth dimension, you could say, rather than trying to make it happen in the third dimension, right? So, visualizing things and allowing them to happen on the third dimension. And if we take that as the quantum financial system i guess it will come on a similar route it's like when we are able to imagine it then it will appear in the third dimension and it could be that bitcoin is the physical grid for that higher dimensional blueprint so to speak and it could be other alongside Bitcoin, maybe it's just it needs to be some physical components. But the blueprint is that it's just a abundance flow where money can flow freely between people. Mm -hmm. And how it will actually look like in the third dimension, it might be like Bitcoin. Or, or something similar. That's the visions I get now that, that could maybe explain what you're talking what, about. What I've seen are in the future are tablets that five by seven, maybe even eight by 10 inches, but you hold them in your hand and you connect with your consciousness and you direct everything with your consciousness through these tablets. Um, it's, it feels very benevolent to me. People are so afraid of, of artificial intelligence, but it, it's not the artificial intelligence that is either good or evil. It's again, it's how you use it. It's, it's the direction you give it. So if you've got this tablet in your hand and let, let's say you you have a quantum financial account and literally, I sense you can literally, with your consciousness, tell that financial, that, that account you have where you want to send money. And as long as, as you have the good intentions in, do, in sending that money to someone, whether it's a person, goods or services, that exchange of 
of funds is immediate. It's happens in that that moment. I see. I see. It sounds like fifth dimensional technology mixed with the physical world. Yeah, I would agree. And maybe Bitcoin can serve as a bridge between these systems. Is it any part of you that wants to come out and give a message to the audience of this podcast besides what we already talked about? I, I think we've all said what needs to be said. A lot of what I say comes through my voice and light codes and key codes that are for awakening others, acting as a catalyst. So I, we've done a lot of that today. So it isn't even what I've said. It's, it's just in the tone of my voice and it, it, it will activate those that are ready. Um, whether they fully download the information this time or later on. But the energies that have been surrounding me today have just been infusing this conversation with beautiful energies and light coats. So I would just ask that all be open to receive and be blessed and uh, know that you're dearly, dearly loved. Yes, it's been a very interesting experience on many levels to talk with you. I'm very happy you took the time to come. So that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so we would like to thank you for the work that you do. Just have faith and trust in yourself and that you are supported and you are aligned with everything that you need to do you came here to do it's been a very transformative time especially the last week i feel like a completely different person than a week ago so amazing <laughs>